Lucas on Life. Hello, welcome to Lucas on Life. I'm Jeff Lucas. This is Premier Christian Radio. This week, we're thinking about being nice, something that's really important. Here we still are in lockdown, the word coronavirus constantly filling our heads. I read just recently that there were 20 million mentions of corona just in one day on social media, right at the beginning of the virus. Who knows how many mentions these days. Lots of bad news, lots of challenging news, yet some good news as well. 100-year-old Captain Tom, now Colonel Tom, who didn't only raise millions for charity, but when interviewed repeatedly on the telly, was warm and kind and nice with it. An amazing man. And as we've been outside on Thursdays clapping for NHS carers, as we've heard news of millions of people volunteering to help in their communities, the power of niceness, maybe kindness is a better word, has been coming to the fore. So many people saying that they're noticing their neighbours like never before, ironic in a time of lockdown. And I know it's not true everywhere, and I'm sure there are some bad news stories as well, but kindness, being nice, is something that we are celebrating these days. And the Bible emphasises kindness. Love is kind, says 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4. And then the Apostle Paul, writing to his friends in Ephesus, said, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. One of the most beautiful words in the Old Testament is the word hased, which is translated loving kindness. Being kind, being nice, is arresting. It turns people's heads. It makes a difference. And it's something that we can all do. J.R. Miller says there have been meetings of only a moment which have left impressions for life, for eternity. No one can understand that mysterious thing we call influence, yet every one of us continually exerts influence either to heal, to bless, to leave marks of beauty, or to wound, to hurt, to poison, to stain other lives. Being nice, let's choose that way today. Hi, I'm Sam Hales. If you're enjoying Lucas on Life, you'll love the Profile podcast. Every week, we sit down with a leading Christian to find out more about their life, faith, and testimony. Here's Joyce Mayer. Anything that we give up for God, He gives it back to us multiplied so many, many times over. I encourage anybody to make whatever sacrifices they need to to be in the perfect will of God because there's no better place to be. Listen to the full interview with Joyce Mayer now on The Profile Podcast. Just search for The Profile wherever you get your podcasts from or visit premierchristianradio.com forward slash The Profile. I'm Jeff Lucas. This is Premier Christian Radio. We're thinking about the power of kindness, being nice. And I've got two examples, one positive, one negative, that really illustrate the point, both of them from experiences in airports. Airports, frankly, they're not my favourite places, which is unfortunate because historically at least, I've spent a lot of time in them. I don't mind flying so much, even though some in-flight food is surely created by demonised chefs. 
But unlike the excited newbie traveller, the thrilled 10-year-old, or even that pencil-toting soul who goes plane spotting, I'm no longer joyous when I step inside a terminal. Airports are usually emotional black holes, admittedly. There are some happy folk to be seen, although some of them have smiles fueled by quaffing lager with their airport breakfast, a habit that is surely prohibited in Leviticus. I'm joking, don't try and look it up. But most people in airports are there simply because they want to be somewhere else. But during that particular trip through an airport, the sun really came out in Denver Terminal A, and all because of a lady that Kay and I spotted. We first saw her on the swaying transit train that propelled us towards our gate area. Standing next to a nervous-looking family, she greeted them, all smiles, and wished them a happy flight. Stood behind us when we boarded an escalator, she smiled and joked with a rather sullen-looking chap there too. And then, to our complete surprise, she lined up for the same flight as us, which was strange because Denver Airport has over 1,600 flights every day. Then, as she boarded, she profusely thanked the gate agent. She was kind. We took off. I popped a peanut in my mouth, helpful salty provision for the dehydrating conditions of flying, and pondered her kindness. It was then that I felt a nudge, perhaps from God. If I could find her once we'd landed, I should encourage her. My mind immediately recoiled at that notion. The lady might not welcome an approach from a random chap. My well-meaning intentions could end up as an episode of stranger danger. After we'd landed and disembarked the plane, she was nowhere to be found. And frankly, I felt rather relieved, off the hook from what I thought might just be a mission from God. Down in the packed baggage claim area, I dutifully scanned the crowd, but in vain. And then I noticed that she was standing right next to me, talking on the phone. Suddenly, her carry-on bag fell over at my feet. This could be my moment, but she was still talking as I helped her. She thanked me mid-call, grabbed her bags and headed away, and then stopped to take a text. Our luggage arrived and we headed to walk past her, and that's when her bag fell over once more, again right at my feet. And so I plunged in nervously. Excuse me, this might sound a little strange, but I'm a pastor, and my wife and I both noticed your repeated kindness back in Denver. It's so refreshing to see someone act like you do, so very nice. I prayed that I would have the chance to meet you and thank you, and so thank you. Her mouth fell open, she smiled broadly, and then burst into tears, happy tears. After the briefest of chats, she hurried off to repair her ruined mascara, and I was left wondering, God had apparently performed some nifty choreography to enable that moment. I'm wary of those Christians who see God steering every detail of life. I no longer pray for parking spaces, unless I desperately need one, feeling that the Lord of the universe has other things to deal with, apart from my parking arrangements. But my faith in coincidences is limited. We often say that the devil is in the detail, but perhaps, just perhaps, God can be in the detail too. Did God set up that airport encounter? Possibly, probably even. But this much is absolutely certain. Being nice 
kindness so wonderfully demonstrated by that smiling, gracious lady can light up gloomier spaces, like airports. Kindness is an often overlooked characteristic of our God who graced his old covenant people with loving kindness, as I mentioned earlier. Those words from Paul to the church in Ephesus celebrated the God who showers kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. And so when we're kind, we're just a little more like God. Being nice, being kind, often costs nothing except time and thought. But again, let me say it, it surely turns heads and hearts here on earth. And who knows, perhaps heaven watches and celebrates acts of kindness as well. Hi, I'm Sam Hales. If you're enjoying Lucas on Life, you'll love the Profile podcast. Every week, we sit down with a leading Christian to find out more about their life, faith, and testimony. Here's Justin Welby. Part of my daily prayer discipline is praying in tongues every day, and not as a sort of occasional thing, but as just part of daily prayer. Listen to the full interview with Justin Welby now on The Profile podcast. Just search for The Profile wherever you get your podcast from or visit premierchristianradio.com forward slash The Profile. Nicole Norderman with You Are Good. We're thinking about being nice, being kind, and that will involve seeing, acknowledging, noticing people. I've been talking about airports and during one trip through an airport, I almost got into a fight. And I'm not talking about a war of words. I met a thoroughly unpleasant chap and it almost came to blows. Now, I know it's a bit odd for a Christian minister to confess that he came close to a punch-up, but it happened. And as soon as it did, I knew I had to share the experience with you. Kay and I were in Chicago airport, eagerly hunting for a snack. The concourse was packed, the atmosphere dank with the mild despair that descends when multiple flights are delayed due to the weather. We entered a teeming restaurant and found the last two chairs at a shared table. Across from us, a very expensive-looking bag, all fur and leather, occupied its own seat. We assumed that it belonged to a man who sat next to it, but we were wrong. An older lady came by and inquired about the bag. Is this yours, she asked, ever so sweetly. Nobody around the table claimed ownership. Immediately, the soul who wins my rude man of my lifetime award made himself known. He was young, handsome and dressed in designer clothing with flashy jewellery. Sitting up at a bar just across from our table, he barked, that's my bag. I don't want it on the floor, so just leave it alone. When I've finished my meal, I'll move it. Mouths opened around the table, aghast at the suggestion that this elderly lady be made to stand while this posh but inanimate object, I'm talking about the bag, not the chap, occupied the only available chair. This was absurd. I decided to take action and, just a little louder than necessary, invited the lady to take my chair. She sat down and then smiled and whispered, perhaps you could teach him a lesson. Emboldened by her encouragement, I walked over and gently tapped Mr. Rude on the shoulder. Excuse me, sir, but have I understood? You want this lovely lady to stand and wait while you eat because your luggage is that important. He glared back at me, his deep blue eyes cold, and then he snapped back his thin lips tight. Now look here. It seems that you're the gentleman and you gave her your seat, so it's good. Yes? 
And that's when I knew we were at a point of no return. His icy stare made his message clear. Just say one more word and I'm going to hit you. I decided to say not one more word for a number of reasons, which include A, me being allergic to pain. B, it's awkward when ministers get into an airport fight and then are arrested. And C, I felt like my job had been done anyway. I'd made my point. Back at the table, we chatted happily with the older lady. Eventually, the young, bag-obsessed, blue-eyed chap stopped by to pick up his priceless luggage, and with a rude parting shot, he headed out to catch his flight. I was incensed and spent the rest of the day internally fuming about his staggering gift of arrogance, his lack of kindness. He just wasn't nice. Our flight was delayed further, and I even wandered around the airport hoping to see him to pursue our chat a little, providentially perhaps. I didn't find him. But then I started thinking, which can be dangerous. Obviously, his attitude was somewhat extreme, but I wondered how often I am just like him. In that moment, he failed to see a person, that lady, who needed a chair, and therefore, he just wasn't nice. And we can do the same thing, especially if we deal with people a lot. The busy doctor in the casualty ward is told that there's a broken arm in cubicle six rather than recently widowed Mr. Jones, who is desperate for the briefest warm chat. The shop assistant yawns, indifferent to the customer who has become just another commodity. And the pastor looks out over the congregation, seeing a crowd recording Sunday morning attendance numbers and offering figures, not noticing real flesh and blood people with hopes and dreams and needs and heartaches. The hunched figure wrapped in a thin sleeping bag in that doorway becomes a homelessness statistic rather than a person with a name and a story. The great Jewish theologian Martin Buber spoke of our dangerous temptation to treat people as objects rather than subjects. All around us today are people, unique, needy, hopeful, hopeless, fascinating people. Yes, they're socially distant, but they're there. Let's notice them. Let's be kind. Just this week, the BBC on their website put out some hints towards kindness about being charitable, not necessarily parting with hard-earned money. Rohita, aged 16, donating tins of food to her local food bank. Ben, aged 14, creating a website that helps people in his area get food and prescriptions delivered by local volunteers. Being creative, like Saffron, aged 16, making face masks, uh, giving them to the NHS workers who so desperately needs them. Karis, who has cerebral palsy, is a full-time wheelchair user, absolutely loves making art, so she's made a card for an elderly person in a care home who's feeling a bit lonely. Let's be creative. Let's be thoughtful. Let's be nice. Lucas on life.